Hello, and welcome to the Laverne Church of Christ podcast, and thank you for joining us. You can find us at 244 Old Nashville Highway, Laverne, Tennessee, 37086. We hope that any time you are in the area, you will stop by and join us for worship. Our Sunday morning worship is at 9 a.m., with Bible classes following. Our Sunday evening worship is at 6 p.m., and we also have a Bible study on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Good evening. I'll be reading Psalms 133, verse 1 through 3. A song of ascents of David. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. This is for you, Jason. Jason loves his social studies. Appreciate y'all being here this evening. Uh, Josh, I believe, is at Freed Hardman and uh, asked me to speak again tonight. Did a short lesson last week, and uh, if you're lucky, maybe this one will be short as well. But try to give you something to think about as we look at God's Word. Appreciate the scripture reading earlier tonight from Psalm 133. And... uh, for your prayers, and for you lifting up your voices to God. Tonight we're going to talk about the significance of unity. Uh, The past couple of weeks, I went the wrong way. Past couple of weeks in school, uh, I have been teaching on World War II. And uh, with all the chaos and bloodshed and, and all the negative things that happened from that war, I try to zero in on some people that, uh, were heroes, uh, not just maybe at Pearl Harbor, but over in Europe or just throughout the war, people that we can look to and look at their example and see what we can take from them and try to give uh, the students some, some hope and some good things to think about, even though this war was extremely deadly. One of the things that we've been talking about recently that you see on the screen there was the plan of the Japanese Empire to extend out into the Pacific. Uh, there did stand... Uh, one nation that could possibly stand in the way of that, and that, of course, would be the United States. As we have a naval base out there in the Hawaiian Islands on the island of Oahu, some of you have been there, I believe, was a Stewart's Creek who took a, a trip there, and some of you got to go and, and visit there. And, and we looked at the plans to extend all the way out past Midway, and in order to do that, they needed to eliminate the American threat. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this specifically. I, I just I want to talk about a person. And for those of you that may not remember what happened December 7th, 1941, I just want to remind you of the Pearl Harbor attack, um, an attack that we were not prepared for. You can see on the screen there the first and second waves uh, from the Japanese Empire as we were attacked for somewhere around two hours. And, of course, being unaware of, of this attack and being taken by surprise, Uh, We lost a lot of lives that day, and a lot of uh, ships were wrecked, and and one ship that a lot of us are very familiar with is still sitting there to this day, and I believe some of us in this room, including myself and my wife, have gotten to visit the Arizona. With over a 1,000 men still buried on board to this day, uh, it's a 
haunting experience to, to be there and just think that those men are still beneath your feet on that ship and what they went through and what their families went through as they received the news. There's a man who wasn't on the Arizona that day, uh, but was actually on the USS West Virginia, uh, which was also hit, uh, but was not sunk like the Arizona was, and that man is Doris Miller, as some people called him, Dory Miller. And I just want to say a couple years ago, I think it was a couple years ago, Kyle Ensley for his Lads to Leaders did a speech where he talked about Dory and his courageous acts and his bravery, and I just wanted to mention him again tonight and look at some things that we could take from him, and I texted Kyle Friday night, told him I wasn't trying to steal anything from him, uh, but when he came up here and taught that lesson, I was actually in the thought process of doing something on Dory, and when he got up there, I was like, this is awesome. Uh, I can sit through any uh, sermon if it's uh, history related, and I try to sit through the other ones as well. <laughs> but uh, Dory Miller was a mess attendant aboard the USS West Virginia was somebody who was not given the opportunity uh, to hold certain positions in the military at that time as our military was segregated, unfortunately. Uh, Dory was from uh, Waco, Texas. Shout out to Michael Farah. And Dory was working on the West Virginia uh, as he was serving food and cleaning tables as the West Virginia, among others, were attacked. If you don't remember Kyle's lesson or maybe you weren't here that night, Maybe you don't know much about Dory Miller, but he came out, came up from the kitchen to the deck of the USS West Virginia, manned one of the unmanned machine guns, anti-aircraft machine guns at the time, and shot down one of the Japanese planes. That might not seem like a big deal to you or me, and sometimes even the students, you know, he shot down one plane. But this was a man who was told, that's not your job. Uh, matter of fact, uh, even if you wanted to do it, we're not going to allow you to do that job. His job was working in the kitchen as a mess attendant. And he came up and showed us uh, what heroism looks like, what courage, as Kyle talked about, and bravery looks like. But also, tonight I want, wanted to focus on how he stood up for unity, which of course was not the case in our military at the time. There's two points that I want to share with you tonight. Uh, Psalm 133, appreciate again that being read earlier to our hearing. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. The first thing that I want us to look at is Dory was fighting for unity through diversity. If you want to look at Acts chapter 10, verse 34 and 35, this is something that God, this is something that is not about God's character. It has been something that man has implemented in this world. Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that fears him and works righteousness is accepted with him. God is not somebody who is partial to some and not partial to others. God wants us to dwell in unity. He is all about unity. Jesus, his son, prayed for unity in John 17. We also should do the same. When you look at James chapter 2, and I won't read all of those verses there. If you want to read verses 1 through 9, uh, you may do so. But James here is talking about somebody coming into your assembly and having fine apparel on. And, and there's another person that comes in, a poor man with shabby clothing. And you have respect to the person uh, who is dressed well. And you say, sit here. And then you tell the 
poor person stand there or sit here at my footstool. We have become partial people. He says in verse 4, we've become judges of evil thoughts. Look down at verse 8. If you fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you have respect to persons, you've committed sin and are convicted of the law as transgressors. I am telling you, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, it, is, uh, it excites me to be a part of a congregation that has decided uh, to show and display unity when we have so many different people here. Uh, we have a language barrier in this building that some people would rather not deal with. Uh, we have different ethnicities in this building, male, female, young, old, and we have chosen to be a unified people. And I appreciate that and love that, and I hope you appreciate that as well. Romans 15, verse 5 and 6 says, Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. As I think about Dory and his actions that day, I think about how our military was not of one mind and one mouth, one purpose. Maybe you could say overall, maybe from top down, it was, but when you look at throughout the military, having these men segregated the way that they were uh, certainly is not the path to unity. And I think it's people like Dory and the Tuskegee Airmen and others, uh, white and black in the military at the time, who would maybe prick the heart of Harry Truman to desegregate the military once this war is over. Our part to maintain unity. What are you doing to maintain unity here at Laverne? I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, Paul writes in Ephesians 4, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation by which you were called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. It's so unfortunate, and we've talked about this many times, church splits, factions, and uh, churches that are just divided and may not even know that they're divided. It's unfortunate that God's people throughout the years have displayed a lack of unity. But what are we doing on our part individually to maintain that unity here, maintain that unity within the church, within the brotherhood? Because, of course, as I alluded to a few minutes ago, that is something that Jesus specifically prayed for in John 17 as he says, Father, as you and I are one, please let them be one. So I think unity through diversity is so important because we, of course, could be unified in certain ways, but be divided in other ways. Another thing that I think Dory teaches us is unity through humility. You think about his actions of that day and, and what he did in spite of not being asked to do that, not being trained to do that, and matter of fact, being told, again, that you can't do that particular job. Humility is so important for us to maintain unity. Proverbs 11.2 says, When pride comes, then comes shame, but with the lowly, or with the humble, is wisdom. Humility is a sign of wisdom. If we can always show and display that humility, I think that goes a long way with maintaining unity. A lot of times when there is discord, and I think maybe every time when there's discord and when there's trouble within the church, pride has reared its ugly head. 
Be clothed with it, 1 Peter 5 and verse 5. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elders. Yea, all of you, be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Ask yourself, am I showing humility? Am I clothed with it? Is this just a part of me? Am I wrapped in humility? Is that a part of my character? Is that easy for me to display because I am clothed with it? Just know if you're not, and I need to know if I'm not ever showing humility and I'm showing pride. God is resisting me. He's resisting you, but he gives grace to the humble. God loves it when his people show humility. There's no reason for any of us to be puffed up, to be proud. If I'm Dory Miller in that situation, I could easily think, you know what? You man the guns. You shoot down these planes. You've told me for years that I'm not able to do this job. You've kept me in this lowly position. I'll stay in the kitchen, serve food and clean tables. You guys can handle this surprise attack. That's not the attitude he had. He came up and said, my brothers are in trouble. And even though right now they don't see that I should be a part of this unified course of action, hopefully one day they will through my humility and through my actions this day. Philippians 2, we talk about this a lot when we go to humility. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Are we invested in each other? Are we invested in the cause? You know, I think of somebody, again, like Dory, who is in the armed forces. Uh, so he chose to be a part of that and to do whatever job they asked him to do, knowing when he went in that there would be certain jobs that they would not ask him to do. Luke 14, 11. This is something that we've read many times throughout our lives. I know you have, I have as well. But this is something we need to be reminded of over and over and over again. Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled or shall be abased. He that humbles himself shall be exalted. And I've said this before in, in Bible class. I have the choice every day, so do you, to either humble yourself or exalt yourself. But we just have to know whichever one we choose, God's going to do the other. I would much rather humble myself and then give God the action of exalting me than for me to exalt myself and to then let God do his job of humbling me because he certainly can humble us in ways that we don't want to be humbled. He who exalts himself shall be abased and he who humbles himself shall be exalted. Was Dory Miller exalted by showing his humility? Here he is uh, on the left receiving the Navy Cross from Admiral Chester Nimitz. That's not the only award or medal that he received. He received the Combat Action Ribbon, the American Defense Service Medal, World War II Victory Medal, posthumously, because I'll explain what happened here in just a second, American Campaign Medal, and the Asiatic Pacific Campaign Medal. There on your right is a statue of Dory Miller in Waco, Texas, where he's from, a memorial honoring a man who decided even though this is not my job and I was not asked to do so, I will come up and sacrifice my life for the people around me who may not value mine fully right now. And in the next uh, two to three years, they don't have a, a completion date, but they are planning on building 
an aircraft carrier and naming it the USS Doris Miller. I think that's just amazing, and it almost chokes me up a little bit uh, to just think about that. Usually these carriers in the past carried the name of, of presidents, and here's a mess hall attendant who comes up and sacrifices his life and saves lives for sure as he defends his ship, and they're going to name an aircraft carrier after him. Uh, Dory Miller, after that day on December 7th, uh, he was uh, switched over to the USS Indianapolis. At one point, he was promoted to cook, and he was aboard the Liscombe Bay on December 7th, 1943, two years to the day when it was torpedoed. Unfortunately, uh, they were not able to uh, find Dory, and amongst many others who were aboard that ship that day. But two years to the day, he lost his life. And that memorial there in Texas and this memorial here, which I think is amazing, will stand to testify his actions that day of trying to display unity, trying to bring people together, eventually, again, I think, causing the actions of a future president, Harry S. Truman, who finishes out this war and then continues to be our president thereafter going into the Korean War, as he makes the decision, you know what, we need to bring these guys together. We need to integrate our military. They need to fight for this country together, and we need to move forward with the mindset on unity in this country and in our military. In the church, as we move forward day after day, we need to do our part, do our best to maintain unity, to sacrifice our lives, if it means so, to keep that unity. A house divided against itself cannot stand, Jesus talks about. If we are not unified, if we don't stand together, we will split, we will fall. And the world will just continue to use those as examples to show that the church is weak, that maybe Jesus' message isn't real, that God is not strong enough, that his people uh, are not wise enough or loving enough to be united. I hope from his actions, you can see the significance of unity, not just that day or in our military, but more importantly within the church, and to have a mindset to do your best, for me to do my best to maintain it. If you're here tonight and you have a need of any kind, if there's anybody here that's not a Christian, we would love to baptize you this evening. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you are willing to repent of your sins, we can baptize you here for the remission of your sins, and you'll be a part of a unified family here at Laverne that I'm glad, so happy, and so glad to be a part of. If you are a Christian and you're struggling with something, uh, maybe you haven't done your part. Maybe you know for a fact in the last several months or years, or maybe even in the past, you've sowed discord within the church. Maybe you haven't done your best to maintain that unity, and you want to repent of that and ask prayers for the church, or for any other reason, we would be glad to help you out. If you have any need at all, please come as we stand and sing. Thank you for listening to this message from God's Word. If you have any questions, please email them to us at office at lavernecoc.org. Once again, we thank you for listening, and we hope you have a blessed day.